And hello and welcome to another episode of Observe and Report. This is episode X, episode 10. I didn't know. I was like, X? What? And I had a slight panic just for like a millisecond that um, I missed something. This is the Roman Empire. We only see <laughs> in Roman numerals, okay, when declaring our numbers. Um, I am one of your hosts, Jason, and sitting next to me right now is my co-host, Jackie. Hello. Uh, and we are bringing to you what we have seen, and we are telling you what we think about it. Mm-hmm. This is Observe and Report. Um... So yeah, it's been some time. We are now in the swing of summer blockbuster season. Yes. There are big things coming out in movie theaters. Um, a lot of big things coming up. A lot of big things coming up. Um, I have seen a few things. You've seen a few things yes. um, in theaters. And outside of that, on TV too, I feel like when in the past and even now still, like summer's usually like kind of like the doldrums. Like there's not much coming out. There's a lot of season finales of things. Well, I mean, your summer is usually when the last ship <sighs> premieres. Just right over there with that horizon. If you see it, if you squint, there it is. See the last ship James coming right back in. in. The wind. <laughs> Good uh, old Nate James. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know when it, they haven't set the it's date It's usually yet. like July, right? Like, I feel that's always like when it it's comes back. It's bounced around a little bit. I think last year might have been more toward the fall, which was incredibly disappointing. There, um, ooh, all right, that's yeah, tough. This is, it was announced that this was going to be the last season. Last season of The Last Ship. I received a couple of things from friends being like, I'm so sorry for your loss. Condolences, some flowers, yeah. some cards. Uh, it's, it's tough. It just means I'm going to have to really enjoy this season. But this is their fifth season they're going to know? Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Like, and also, it feels And like- well-deserved. Thank <laughs> you very much. I'm not saying it's not. Uh, one could say it's a bit of an anchor show for. Oh. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I'm go a walk into it's the ocean, bit, and they will save me. All right, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of an anchor show for uh, TNT at this point. It feels like it's been there for like, a while longer than a lot of their other prestige things. I mean, what else does TNT have at the moment? I can't uh, really... It feels like other big things that came out around that time or before it are not there anymore. Things like um, uh, major uh, what's with Kara Sedgwick. Uh, the oh, closer the that closer. was there for a long time, but that ended like four years ago. I'm like late to the party on that. I might have watched that show for a while. Um, there is a spinoff from the closer that Major, Major Crimes. Crimes? Yeah. yeah, I also watched that show. Um, um but yeah, I it? think that's ending. Either has ended or is ending. I feel that's over. I, I've not really watched that show. It felt like TNT for a while was in the USA school of just it like was. we're about cool cops. That's yeah, big time. But uh, they have that show Animal Kingdom as well. Animal Kingdom. Uh, it's about like a, a crime family um, oh. in Los Angeles. Um, it feels it from the outside. It looks very Sons of Anarchy ish, okay. but I think there's a lot more going on under the surface of that. It, apparently, it's a pretty big and popular show. Really? Um, but I don't know too much about it, um, other than like people like it and uh, it's gritty crime drama. TNT shows they always seemingly from what they're telling me when I tune in, <laughs> have great numbers. I never hear a single person talk about TNT shows. Like... Not like, oh, yeah, Major Crimes is a great show. You never hear anyone talk about that. Outside of, like, The Alienist, like, which was, like, a big thing for them, I feel, yeah. this past, like, you know, winter. I think it did well. I think it did well. I think it's coming back for a second season. Ooh. Um, but, yeah, I don't hear huge things about TNT as far as, like, their their viewership really yeah, never but um they say they know drama and they keep saying it so i have to believe it <laughs> <laughs> i mean 
does someone who really know drama boast about knowing drama? I don't know. It sounds like so you fake it until you make it, right? I guess. I mean, <laughs> the last ship is dramatic. Yeah, I'll give them that. I and what may happen with this show? And again, I've seen just the first two episodes. I know I should watch more of it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm glad you know that. <laughs> It it feels like the kind of show where in which I will watch like the last episode of it or the last season of it, and it's like, okay, I gotta watch all this thing now. I've done that before, where in which I'll watch the last episode of something, what? and it's just like, that's what did I miss? That is anarchy. It is anarchy, and I'll burn it down. <laughs> all right. I I mean, this season, if you don't want to watch it, I can just watch it and reenact it episode <laughs> by episode for you. Yeah. I'll just. I'll just get some various navel out. Yeah, I'll just pull them out, pull them out of the closet. Don't gonna you worry. Fill the bathtub. Show off various <laughs> navel battles. Just yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> or I could just act out the last episode for you, and then have go back. It'd be very dramatic. Um, but yeah, let's get into what we have been watching. What you got since we've last seen each other? Um. I'll start off with uh, Deadpool 2. Mm. Um, I did see it in theaters uh, on like a Monday. Um, it was a pretty packed audience, actually. Um, there was like one kid who was like nine. It's like, you're no, no, too no. young to be here for this. Um, Where are your irresponsible parents? It's just like, uh, like I get it. It's a superhero movie. And yes, traditionally superhero movies are like, you know, absolutely anyone can come and see this. But like, this is different. Like, yeah, no. Um, but outside of that, like, um, it was fine. It did wasn't. It, did it do well? Um, I have no idea what the numbers are on it. Hmm. Um, I've not heard anything bad, but it came out a week before Solo. I know Solo came in first the week that it came out. However, there's also talk of Solo not doing well at all. Gotcha. And by not doing well in the biggest quotation marks, that means it's not going to make a billion dollars. Yeah, it's kind of all relative at this point. <laughs> not doing well. Like the projections, according to Variety, are like it's going to make maximum like four hundred mil or something like that, which is an a, insane a amount of money. Million. Like it's ridiculous. yeah, but how much they spend on it to make it? Uh, apparently, the estimate is about two hundred mil, two fifty as far as like the film itself. Mm-hmm. Like add another hundred thousand, hundred million on top of that for like advertising. Oh my god! Um, so they say it, it'll make its money back, mm. but. A Star Wars movie isn't about making its money back. True. Um, but then again, Star Wars is more than just like, you know, the movie itself. Mm-hmm. It's the the toys and like the merchandise and yeah. all the other things attached to that. Yeah. So who knows what the real numbers are at the end of the day for that. But um, but I digress. I'll talk about Solo in a bit. I also yes. did see that. But as far as Deadpool goes, it was just okay. Hmm. Um, it wasn't really fulfilling to me oh. in that way. Um, it was... It, if anything, it felt bloated. It just felt like there was too much in this movie. Like, the movie is about an hour and 50 minutes, close to two hours, a little bit over two hours, I think. No, it's about two hours, 15 minutes. Okay. It's too much, almost. It's like, you can cut a lot out of that movie. And also, this is a film where the director left the project. Like, he and Ryan Reynolds did not see eye to eye on, oh, on no. several things. So, he... Who was it? Um, I forget the name of the director. I should okay. have uh, had that written down, but... He and Reynolds did not see eye on certain things. He was the director of the first film. Oh, okay. And on this, he walked away, and it's apparent. It's just like, it feels like, okay, this is like definitely like Ryan Reynolds' baby. You see a lot of him in it. Um, And as discussed, he's not great with decision making. So (laughs) that is disconcerting. It just feels like he needed to be reined in, or like this movie needed to be like just edited and reined in a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Like 
they got a lot in there and like good for them but it's like maybe all of it didn't need to be in there um without spoiling anything you know they just it just felt like there were things that oh and this is also uh not a detriment to the movie but like you didn't expect this going in and is this really the place for it there's a lot of x-men stuff in this like oh. it is very tied into the, to the x-men universe oh, and franchise that's right i remember seeing the preview there were x-men characters involved and in the first one there are mm-hmm. and to like a, a major degree but you only get like two x-men in that movie in this movie he's at the mansion staying there like you know there's a lot of other x-men that do appear in the film as well mm-hmm. like it's just okay like uh you guys really really went hard on the uh the x-men connection here and understandable i guess this is fox you know padding out their world a bit more because that's the thing now world building and like you know an extended universe and building all the other things around it and how does this connect to that who's in this and i get that but maybe this is not the movie that it should have been in and granted the first deadpool did make a billion dollars made a lot of money um, but I think what was so good about the first Deadpool movie is that it's, it was a movie that like, it, it shouldn't have been as successful. Mm-hmm. Give, not saying that it wasn't good. It was very good. Just what, on paper, if I'm an executive looking at this movie and it has this like list of things, first of all, yeah, Ryan Reynolds starring in it. Prior <clears> to <throat> Deadpool one, he was not a lock for like having your movie no, be successful. not at all. It was an R-rated movie, which is like superhero movies, generally speaking, are not R-rated. Right. And to have an R-rated action film like that, you want to bring as many people to this as you can mm-hmm. by locking, like, you know, a certain section of the population out of that. Like, you're risking your money there. Um, its budget got cut. Like, that movie did not have the biggest budget. And what they did get was shortened at one point in time. There are several, like, references to that in the script. Oh. And, like, and but despite that, it looks great. It's a really strong movie, the first Deadpool movie. Um, and also, um, yeah, Fox didn't want to make that movie at all. Like, due to, like, you know, fan clamoring and, like, Ryan Reynolds and that production team releasing the uh, test footage that they had of it, like, that was what really, like, generated, like, steam behind the film of, like, it being released. So you had all these things working against the movie, the first Deadpool movie, that despite all of that, it was a success and it was a good movie. And taking that into context for Deadpool 2, like where it's just like, hey, you got the green light, everything's good, you you have the runway, good to go. And it just, for me, it fell short. Um, Did it seem like there was um, a plan in place as moving forward in terms of the X-Men? Like, Yes. Okay. It felt very much... Like this, this was setting something up? Yes, yeah, setting okay. something up and following up on something oh. left in a previous X-Men film. Oh, which which just very much feels like, oh, I thought Deadpool got to stand in its own a little bit, but it is, oh. I guess, feeding into that a bit more. They're trying to do a Marvel type thing? Certainly, yeah. Okay. Um, but what was cool about this movie, though, um, because still at the time of making this, and even now, like, Fox and Disney have different properties. You know, like, Disney owns all the regular mainstream Marvel stuff. Fox owns all of, like, the X-Men stuff, basically. Um, and here... As of yet, that merger has not yet happened, mm. of where Disney has is trying to buy uh, 20th Century Fox, but it's not yet gone through. Right. But what's cool about in this movie is that Deadpool does mention like tons of Avengers stuff. Mm. Like at one point, he calls uh, a character in the movie Domino like Black uh, Black Widow. Um, he mentions like Hawkeye and all that stuff. And what's cool about that is that it does feel like okay, this feels like I'm reading a comic book or watching on screen because in the comics all these characters hang out together and interact with each other all the time like but 
of course, because like these are properties owned by different companies, you wouldn't mention the X Men in an Avengers movie. It just won't happen. Mm. But because Deadpool is Deadpool and like they don't give a damn, they're like making mention of the Avengers and all that stuff. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like no one else in the room knows what he's talking about. He's breaking the fourth wall of talking to the audience. But it makes it feel like, oh, it's all connected. And for a nerd like me, that was <laughs> a lot of fun to see. Um, and other things in the movie that were just like, oh, okay. Like Josh Brolin's there. And given oh, that's right. what he was in Avengers, it just feels like you didn't have anything to do in uh, Deadpool 2. Mm. Like, he's cool. He has great action scenes and all that stuff. Um, and his prosthetics and makeup and all that stuff look great. And he's, I think, a great physical fit for the part. It's just, he didn't really have cable... His character didn't have a huge amount to do necessarily. Uh, what is? Can you give just like a brief kind of synopsis of Cable's deal? <laughs> That's hard because Cable's very complicated. Um, I think you told me. Uh, so they, I think they explained well in the Avengers: Infinity War what Thanos's kind of deal is. Mm-hmm. Um, in this, at least he has like misguided but interesting Mm -hmm. motivations and whatnot Mm -hmm. is cable he looks from the previews like pretty much he just is angry and wants to shoot a lot of things and he has a fun eye (laughs) they give explanation to to his character definitely like um the premise of the film i don't think it's spoiling anything at all is that uh cable has come back from the from the future to the past to uh kill the Young he's Marty McFly in it. He's Marty McFly coming back to not to save anyone, but to kill. He's terminating it. Actually, he's coming oh. back to uh, kill this young kid before he goes to the future. Before he grows up in the future and kills Cable's family and many others. Oh, that is complicated. Uh, okay. The kid who's played by the uh, I forget his name. He's in uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, the young boy in that. Oh, he's that's in, right. I saw him doing press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's like you know a main figure in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, and he's like really funny and really good in it. Does he keep his New Zealand accent? Oh, absolutely. Oh, nice. Um, he's basically the same character transplanted <laughs> okay. into this movie, and that's okay. totally fine. I'm yeah, cool with that. This character is funny. Um, but they have his, uh, and in this, you know, Cable's coming back to stop this kid from growing up before he even does anything to save his to, for Cable to save his own family and the future. Um. Why does the kid... Now I'm just going to go down a rabbit hole just because I'm interested and I've never <laughs> seen the movie. Why does the kid uh, end up becoming a murderer in the future? Um, He is in a group home, essentially, like an orphanage. going to be some kind of foster yeah. situation. So imagine where the X-Men school is like a school where, you know, you can grow and use your powers and like, it's you know... It's the best. And it's nurturing and loving. He's at a school where in which, you know, his powers are a sin. He's not supposed to have them. Oh. And like, you know, he's being you know abused mm. for having them what are um his but, powers uh heat generation from his fists he calls himself heat fist <laughs> <laughs> which everyone says is a dumb name and they constantly criticize him for it um fair but and also there is something that happens to deadpool and that's like the x-men heavy side of things um because then you get the other x-men involved they're trying to save the kid and uh deadpool's like trying to be an x-man at one mm. point in time it's very much intertwined with their he stuff. He just wanted one of those sweet uniforms. Yeah, he's wearing a trainee outfit, uh, which they make fun of him for several <laughs> times. Like, he calls himself an X-Man. I'm an X-Man. I'm like, no, dude, you're a trainee. Like, X-Man and trainee. Whatever. Still an X-Man. Um, and they introduce Deadpool's team that he gathers together because they kick him out of the X-Men called X-Force. And it is very funny what happens to them throughout the film. Um, Zazie Beetz is in it, and she's awesome. She's a huge 
part of the movie and like her the use of her powers which are just like luck based very well done like it's just seeing chaos happen all around her and she's just like oh nothing happened to me ah, i'm gonna keep going like that's really cool um and yeah ryan reynolds was very funny in it like he was doing his ryan reynolds thing mm-hmm. um it just felt like you mean the only thing he's capable of doing I, he's got one trick and he's good at it all right <laughs> <laughs> but um but overall it wasn't as satisfying as i hoped it would be what would have made it better for you um, Aside from cutting it down by There's like minutes. a lot of like mugging to the camera And just like I'm breaking the fourth wall And that mm. is Deadpool's thing but just felt like alright Bring it in Turning or like, it into a bit of a crutch Yes and there's scenes where like the, where the joke is, is not funny anymore Ugh, yeah. um, Like where it looks like a character's dying But like they didn't die And it's like we've been here for like six minutes Could we, could we go? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah I think for you know If you're a huge fan of Deadpool comics you're gonna love the movie if you are a fan of the first movie going to see this i think you'd enjoy it but maybe not feel the same level of satisfaction that you did with the first one because it's too much of the same it's a lot of the same okay um but yeah um and i'm saying things around a major plot thing which Mm -hmm. is a bit of a spoiler that happens early in the movie Mm -hmm. but definitely go and see it to see to see that okay um which to some degree feels like man this character was pretty cool in the first one like, it feels like you sidelined them a little bit in the oh. second one. But, yeah. Okay. Solo. I also saw Solo. Let's talk. Let's talk about Solo. Get out of the way early. <laughs> and just, I guess, to start things off here, we are going to spoil things in this. Oh, yeah. We're going to spoil so the shit out of it. So, if you feel the need to skip ahead, like, ten minutes, do so. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we're definitely going to spoil things here in Solo. <laughs> it, so I, while you were talking, I was like, I know I saw something in the theater, what was it? And then I was like, oh, yeah. When you mentioned Solo, I was like, oh, yeah, that was it. Um, so it had a real hard impact on me. Okay. Um, I'm just kidding. It didn't oh, at all. Okay. I forgot it existed. As a, <laughs> I, I forgot it existed. Like, oh, really? I forgot it existed as film. Um, it was fine. Okay. I was generally entertained. Mm-hmm. I went in there with little to no expectations. All right. It looked really cool. I... I would not want to see it again but if i were to i would probably try to see it in 3d um, i didn't know it came out in 3d okay yeah i think so because you can tell where there's scenes where it would be really cool mm-hmm. uh, to see them in 3d um i was not in any way offended by the performance of uh Jer- Reich. yeah okay oh my god <laughs> the third reich uh at all he was fine mm-hmm. um of course, Donald Glover was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have. I was hoping there'd be more of him. I expected there to be kind of more of him. And... I thought he was going to steal the movie. Yeah, but honestly, I feel like everyone's like just as good as, as each other. I feel like everyone was yeah. equally as good. Yeah. Um, I was a little. I wanted to see more of him just because they promoted it. I guess, and I based on their promotion, I thought he'd be a larger part of it i guess or at least yeah. in literally like quantity like time wise he'd be in there more because it did make it seem like this is a kind of a button movie between like han solo and lando calrissian is right. what it felt like from the promotion of it yeah but in reality no he like yeah. lando's doing his lando thing and it's if anything it's more uh chewy. han solo and chewy kind of but really more han solo and his love interest and, yeah um played by oh why can't i remember clark. her name amelia clark yeah. yes khaleesi khaleesi um mm-hmm. who i didn't recognize her for the first like 
15 or 20 minutes of You're the movie kidding. because I was like, man, this lady's like really pretty. Like, who is she? Who's this new new girl? Like, all right. And then <laughs> the like, mother of dragons. And then I realized those eyebrows, something about those eyebrows. <laughs> and because like, I always see her as a blonde on Game of Thrones. Right, right, right. And like, I've only seen her like with her actual natural hair color in like Terminator Genesis. Oh, uh, <laughs> which I yeah. try to erase my mind. But uh, and seeing her in this, I was like, this like she's really good. What I wonder what else she's in. And then <laughs> it just hit me like, oh right, that's Amelia Clark. Because <laughs> apparently I have face blindness. I don't know. Um, but you talked about the visuals in the movie. Mm. I really did like the visuals a yeah. lot. Um, I there were parts of it that felt like this looks like Blade Runner. Weirdly enough, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like towards in the beginning when they're running the, around. Yeah, the, definitely in the very beginning of the movie. Pipe orphanage. <laughs> I don't know where At they the are. Pipe orphanage. <laughs> it looks like the sewers and their their pipes. And, it's super uh, wise. These children had to steal things to live in the pipe orphanage. Yeah, yeah. Um, the yeah, the look of the of uh, where the movie starts, uh, Corellia. Like it's just very stark and gray, mm. and like it felt very like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Like which was like, all right, cool, Ron Howard. I didn't yeah. know you had a visual style like this. Slash uh, Phil Miller and Chris Lord, the original directors of the movie. Oh right. And this is another movie where the directors left the pr- mm. the pro- the project. Right. But despite that, it's still I think a fun time and a, a good movie. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I also thought that Alden Ehrenreich, because all the rumors ahead of time, there's like a lot of talk of like, you know, he's not really that good of an actor. Yeah, I don't know if that was real or if that was just the way dumb Hollywood Hollywood rumors just kind of come to be. Yes. For example, the whole gerbil in uh, <laughs> Richard Gere butthole situation. <laughs> <laughs> Who made that up? Where'd it come that from? That grand legend as why, old as time. <laughs> why has it lasted for so long? <laughs> you know, it's just like, was this actually something that happened? Not the gerbil thing. But <laughs> his, his acting and how people like, oh, they had to like, get him an acting coach and blah 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 mm-hmm. like well yeah like he you know, actors have acting coaches that's fine right um, but i don't know if that's just kind of lore for people who did not want to see the movie made or didn't ha- have high hopes for it or something that actually happened and made its way into the knowledge of the general public i feel that comes from like because star wars fans like many other obsessed fandoms like mm. They they are very much about what they like and they're right. very vocal about what they like, very vocal about what they don't like. Yes. Um, and I think Alden Ehrenreich being like an unknown quantity, he hadn't been in a huge amount of movies before that, especially not in like in a lead role. Mm. So I think there's like a lot of fear because like I think for Star Wars fans, like the last time this happened, we got Hayden Christensen. <laughs> we're not taking it anymore. I mean, that's fair. They've been burned real bad before. <laughs> like, but who bad. I don't think is a bad actor. I just think he's not good in those movies. Oh, I haven't seen much with him because based on his performance in those movies. In things like Shattered Glass, where he's like the lead in that, he's very good in that movie. About like a a reporter's journey through uh, lying (laughs) and plagiarism Mm -hmm. and how it's all it's it's a guy trying to stay one step ahead of like the noose tightened around his neck because he's a plagiarist Mm -hmm. uh, working at a major publication and like just seeing like his breakdown and like how the the news keeps getting tighter and he just he has to keep struggling to get out of it and like to stay one step ahead of the people looking at him um but all that aside and solo um there are some really cool things that happen in it like they go to very interesting places like oh hmm. these spice mines are pretty cool like um uh the character of l3 the robot hmm. uh 
partner of uh, Lando. She was very funny. She like, was funny. I really enjoyed that her. And um, the actress that plays her, um, uh, she's in a few different things. She is. She was in um, She was in the second season of Broadchurch, which I don't think you watched. But um, she plays a lawyer in that. And she has to wear the white British lawyer wig. <laughs> it was great. Um, I've seen her in that. And I watch, because all I do is watch YouTube videos. I... Um, for during the press tour, it was a lot of just her and Donald Glover doing interviews. Yeah, I did see that. And they have like a good like chemistry together. Mm-hmm. They seem to genuinely get along well. Um, so that's why I was hoping there'd be more. I was surprised that spoiler alert. I was surprised that they kind of kill off that character yeah. relatively quickly. Um, I thought she would last a lot longer, if not just not die at all. Especially because in uh, which one was it? I can't remember which Star Wars movie it happened in. Rogue One, when they killed Alan Tudyk's robot character. Oh, uh, K2. Yeah. Just like, oh, okay, this is what happens to the robot sidekicks these days. Like, and it, what was cool about that character is that it showed, like, well, this is where droids fit into the situation in the world of Star yeah. Wars. We're at the bottom of the totem pole. We are metal slaves. And to see a character a droid character that's like you know kind of fully realized mm-hmm. and like has its own thoughts and opinions it's like oh yeah this is different you're not just like you know tools like to see one that had like you know desire and all that stuff yeah, was like, like you created cool. these things to ha- to mimic humans yeah but you don't want to give it the respect and etc cetera, etc cetera, that humans receive that's complicated yeah it yeah, comes to robot ethics yeah. in the star wars universe which i don't think any of the other movies really touch on because they don't have time for it really right um, to see that it was cool. Paul Bettany showing up in this—that was a pleasant surprise. And another turn of like you know someone from Avengers like having another turn in a different movie. He's yeah. actually doing things in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> he's so much less annoying, and he's a bad guy. Absolutely, like he was a very convincing and like very threatening like villain. Especially because I forget how tall he is. He's a tall he dude. He's probably like six three. He's a tall guy. Yeah, he's a tall guy, and um. I liked his weapons that were like the they were like laser brass yeah, knuckles like, that turned into blades. Yeah, they were super cool. Also, the use of like swords in Star Wars, cool swords that aren't made of light. Oh yeah, like definitely oh. like come into play in this movie, which was like I like this a lot. I never even thought about that because at one point Amelia Clark uses a sword right, right, very right. well, and which was awesome because she never gets to fight in Game of Thrones. Like she's not a warrior character, and Everyone I get that for her. Yeah, but like seeing her like kick ass in this movie was like really cool and the costume in this movie god damn it was good like yes she wore some awesome ass clothes she did like lady this cape is kicking everybody's ass i like it a lot i was paying more attention to donald glover's clothes and his clothes were rad and donald glover in general because <laughs> oh. i always pay attention whenever he's around at the at the end of the film he has on this dope ass shirt it's like yellow with yes. like planes or something like that on it it's like <laughs> whoa they have prints in, in in the galaxy in star wars Man, this shirt is amazing. When they opened his closet and they showed all the capes, <laughs> I saw some of the patterns on there were definitely like very modern patterns, but they're, it's so quick. Uh huh. And it just made me laugh. I, I like the idea that before like Han Solo got the Millennium Falcon, it was like a big closet. Yeah. Like, there's just so many clothes and like costumes. So in many there. capes in this walk in closet. <laughs> it's great. Um, and also, we're trying to mention like Woody Harrelson's in this movie. And like Anthony Newton, like I didn't. Oh yeah, Tandy Newton popping up was the best. She was awesome. 
Like her character, I, I wanted more of her, and I'm sad that like her character had died early. I in know. The film. I was surprised. I just realized they're killing a lot of ladies. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I because I've been watching Westworld mm-hmm. so much, and she's my favorite character in there. To all of a sudden see her pop up, especially because she's such a tiny human being, like, mm. to see her like all like bulked up with all this stuff, mm-hmm. and as a soldier was lovely. Because like I I love their portrayal of like wartime in star Mm -hmm. wars like i think like rogue one does a good job of that and so does this um and showing you like you know what war looks like on the ground for like the empire side it sucks yeah like it is sucky and pointless and it's so big and so many people like yeah you can kind of sneak away if you wanted to or sneak into it if you wanted to like it's a mismanaged pointless war and like i like that uh woody harrelson who has a very earth ass name in this movie tobias crockett right yeah like dude you from a, a uh, are you from kentucky a mark twain novel yeah. like, <laughs> just come down the river <laughs> it was a very regular name yeah with names like skywalker and like amidala and like even solo which yeah. was really cool how he got that name in the movie i, I actually like that a lot yeah i'm sure people are probably pissed at that whatever i thought it was fine i didn't expect it mm-hmm I have literally no feelings about it. Sorry, that's my Harry Potter time. <laughs> <laughs> so I know I can go and play my Harry Potter again. Back in the game. <laughs> um, Here I come, year four. <laughs> I thought there were some cool things in it that occurred. Um, I liked the look of the uh, the the pirates that they encountered, like the masks and like their outfits and all that hmm. stuff, and the fact that like, hey, that's Warwick Davis, like. Back in Star Wars again, man. Cool. Adorable. Like, um... To... Sorry, that's probably demeaning. He, he but was... he's such a lovely human being. But, like, this, the full circle of it, though, yeah, that he yeah, was yeah. a kid, like, you know, in the first Star Wars film, um, not the, that he was in Return of the Jedi, and then, like, right. you know, to be, like, a, a grown man, like, in this, like, you know, looking badass. Yeah, blowing like, stuff up. Yeah, like, it's like, all right, good for Warwick, man. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, like... I love Chewbacca's interaction with Han in this and it's just great. Yeah. the building of their friendship. I love the characterization of Han Solo in this too. Like he, he for some reason the entire I had such different expectations coming into this and go, mm. coming out of it with. Mm. Like I, I came in the movie like with pretty low expectations like eh, it's not gonna be all that good. Yeah. One. Two I was like well Han Solo's gonna do some dastardly terrible shit isn't he? Like he doesn't. And furthermore like it was very surprising of like the how good it was like i just had low expectations came out of that like yeah this is a lot of fun go see it i like that the ending kind of is an explanation of his first steps toward being bitter and um kind of curmudgeonly and um reluctant to help others and whatnot yeah i was because because he was betrayed and like by a lot of people and that were so, close to him that were very close to him so it makes sense the only thing that i to me was a misstep was having him shoot woody harrelson but then immediately go and like try to like con- kind of console him kind of like at, i wanted there to be more of a clean cut like turning point like oh okay i've you've taught me these things i've learned them mm-hmm. and now i'm gonna kill you and here's like that was his first foray into becoming the man that he eventually came to be. Right. I thought having him s- show kind of remorse 
and uh, grief over having killed him seemed um, to be the opposite direction. It kind of limited his de- his decision there. Right. I, I mean, it's not completely out of the question, but I did like that they, they were showing kind of, okay, here's his first step into being the Harrison Ford that we all know, love, and are a little afraid of. It's like... I understand, like, that character want to console them. It's, like, the first person ever actually chose to teach them something. Yeah, So, like, true. everything that he's ever gotten in his life, he had to learn on his own. But, like, this is someone actually taking the time to, like, train this person in, into this world. Um, I, yeah, I was I was surprised at kind of Woody Harrelson being. I forgot that he was in the movie. Same. But, like, going into it, I was like, oh, shit, right, Woody Harrelson is in this movie. Um... And he does a great job at, like, you know, he's always good at, like, balancing comedy and, like, you know, dramatic moments. Mm. Um, there are several moments on the Millennium, Millennium Falcon where he's, like, running around doing things, just being a great goofball, but yeah. at the same time able to turn that around instantly and just be, like, the most serious guy in the room. Um, and, yeah, I think overall Solo was, was good. Um, I don't know if they're going to make anything more out of the solo series it made it the ending made it seem like they were it really did and i definitely liked that twist of the ending as yeah it's interesting i i geeked out pretty hard uh at that reveal of like oh man he's here <laughs> oh so cool <clears throat> um oh and he's got the light he's got the he's got the, he's got the robot legs that oh cool i don't know enough about it to be excited by that twist um, i was like okay i did kind of when i thought back to it when after han kills woody i almost called woody allen no (laughs) good lord after he kills woody harrelson and then just sees amelia clark's ship and just like goodbye and she just fades into like oh i liked her character turn of like i run shit now i i like characters who they're kind of they're chaotic, not chaotic neutral, but they just are in it for themselves. Mm. So they'll hop onto whichever team makes sense for them in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I, that's her character pretty much. Like she's not completely cold, but she a little bit is. To, and it's Stay not as and it's not as if Han left her. Hmm. It was. Uh, just a matter of like circumstance you just oh, couldn't yeah. get back in time i think she recognized that. yeah yeah there didn't seem to be any real hard feelings there yeah i don't yeah you're right she does she didn't blame him at all for yeah. anything it's yeah. just like well this is just the roll of the dice yeah um i i it, it's weird like i felt like a good feeling come out of this like i'd like to see more of this like of this weird world of like han solo where like you know it's not in the war and it's just like dealing with like him smuggling stuff and like meeting like you know these scoundrels around the galaxy like I'm, I'm curious about that. I'm but, all set. <laughs> I, I and mean, I feel like that's what ninety percent of the people that saw this movie feel, or ninety yeah. percent of fans feel. It feels like people overall are fatigued. Um, it's this is the fourth movie in three years because uh, it was Force Awakens that came out in 2015, then Rogue One in 2016, then Last Jedi in 2017, now this in 2018, um, and the choice to bring it out at the end of like spring going mm. into summer is a weird one i think because it's like hey you're going up against like a lot of other big things like we're still in the wake of avengers like deadpool came out a, a week before you did like and now you're bringing this out and these are all movies that stand to make like you know a billion dollars potentially speaking um but 
yeah, it's it's tough to uh, to come into that. I think in this at this time of year. But uh, yeah, that was solo. I enjoyed it. Any any other thoughts on that? No, <laughs> uh, didn't have a ton of thoughts at the time. Still can't conjure up many more. It was fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, what is it? I also watched some other things. I watched Ibiza on Netflix. Um, starring. <laughs> What's that? Ibiza. Yes. Excuse me. I was not using the correct proper Spanish pronunciation. <laughs> Uh, Abitha on Netflix, <laughs> um, and yeah, starring Phoebe Robinson, uh, Jillian Jacobs, and Vanessa Bayer. Um, it's kind of like it feels like a weaker girls' trip. What is the the premise? Yeah. Okay, so Jillian Jacobs is an overworked uh, business lady Ugh, we uh, are. in New York City, mm. and she has to go to Spain uh, to settle an account uh, okay. for a company like some some wine company i believe um goes over there but she's like oh, i've been so stressed out at work it's one like you know have a a chill time like girls you know, on the coast of spain her, her girls are like why don't we just like go, go to spain and, like hang out like you know mm-hmm. it's like just for a couple days but like you know there's no reason you can't have work and have fun and she's like oh women right, can't sure. have it all yes <laughs> so vanessa jillian phoebe all get on a flight go over to spain first night there they go to a club uh and jillian jacobs is a super hot dj um in his skill and appearance oh, um, so she goes there talks to him she's all gaga over this Hold dude on. i just i do not care about this movie which is just general just real top okay. line um so they go to ibiza to follow this dude Okay. Um, they get into sexy adventures uh-huh. and like stupid adventures as well. Uh-huh. Um, ultimately, she does find the guy. She oversleeps to get back to mainland Spain in time. Um, she still manages to make the deal happen. Goes back to New York, gets fired, starts her own company, uh, and winds up dating the dude. That's kind of the premise of the movie. Oh God! <laughs> in, that sounds in dumb. Two minutes or less. Um, okay. It was fine. It's totally innocuous. Yeah. Um, it's like the first thing I ever really saw Phoebe Robinson in from uh, Two Two Dope. Queens. Oh, okay. Um, I knew I knew the name somewhere. Okay. And yeah, she's she's fun in it. Uh, Vanessa Bear is like fun in it. She's Vanessa arch- Bear. She she's one of those people who always kind of elevates something a little bit for me. Whenever I see her, I get excited. <laughs> yeah, like she's funny. She her character was a total weirdo and <laughs> totally enjoyable. Nice. Uh, Joan Jacobs, of course, and like you know d- does her thing, holds it down as like a, a leading lady. Um, and they're all beautiful women, but they're dating some super hot dudes in this movie. Like it's like. Wow. All right. Um but yeah, that was a visa. It's not it's nothing it's nothing that you need to see. It's a light <laughs> summer breeze. It is. Yeah. Okay. Um it's the movie version of a beach read. <laughs> gotcha. It's a real Nicholas Sparks situation. Um that was one Netflix thing I saw. Another uh Netflix thing that I saw that I surprisingly liked and I know I shouldn't and I know I'm gonna get a lot of shit from this from a lot of different people. Um, I like the week of with uh, Chris Rock and uh, Adam Sandler on Netflix. I have not even heard of this. It's part of the Adam Sandler like eight movie deal that he did with Netflix for like however crazy amounts oh, of money that he got. Right. Um, and it, it has some okay ones. It has some terrible ones. Okay. Um, some okay ones being like um, what is it the uh, the one he did with uh, Ben Stiller and uh, Dustin Hoffman? I forget the name of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the something about. Chronicles. I forget. 
Um, but that's like uh, a, I believe it was the Chronicles of Riddick. Um, is what that's you're thinking a whole of? different. No, 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 episode. no, no. I'm pretty sure Jason is the Chronicles of Riddick. Speaking of, Vin Diesel is a doctor, oh honorary God. doctor yeah. by Hunter College. Congratulations, Vin. All right, you did it, Dominic. <laughs> um, Wait, what's his real name? Oh no, uh, in Dominic Toretto, his character in the Fast oh, and Furious. I was like, did he change his name from Dominic to Vin? No, because um, Dominic is a cool name. Mark oh. is his real name. Oh, okay. Um, Mark Vincent. Um, then he became Vin Diesel. Oh my god! Um, I would love to see him trying to convince his friends when he decides what his name's going to be. <laughs> like, no, 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 Diesel. <laughs> How do you spell it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I before he accepts, I'm just saying, okay, here we go. <laughs> oh, Ben. I'm sure he's lovely. Um, but yeah, I saw the week of. Um, it is set in Queens. The whole oh. thing is uh, Chris Rock's son is being married to uh, Adam Sandler's daughter. Um, oh yes okay. this is the week leading into the wedding right I remember seeing a preview for this and just the insanity that happens yes. um, Chris Rock is like you know a rich glitzy like Hollywood doctor a surgeon um, and Adam Sandler is just like working class guy uh, that does like you know um, remodeling and like carpentry stuff mm-hmm. for like you know businesses in the area um, and like you know lives like a modest life or whatever but just everyone's packed into his home for that week leading into the wedding um, it's like there are parts that are just there are parts that are bad, but overall there are parts that are just like this feels kind of nice. I, it, I don't know. Is it kind of like a feel good family type yeah. of thing at the center of it? Really, it like really reminded me of like family get-togethers mm. of just how you have all these different elements and all these different personalities and people, but it all just feels nice. Um, it was in that it gave me that kind of warm feeling in watching it, which is like weird to say, but it was like yeah, this is cool. It reminds me of my family, weirdly enough. Um. What's interesting is that the funniest parts of the movie are when Chris Rock and Adam Sandler are out of their comfort zones. Like, they're not doing the things they do in movies that, like, you know, are generally, like, really funny. It's just, like, there's a scene with, like, them in a car just, like, talking to each other. Uh, And the premise of, like, the the scene is just, like, you know, Chris Rock, like, just wants him to turn the AC on, but (laughs) the AC doesn't really work in the car. And it's just, like, three minutes of Adam Sandler stalling to turn the AC on and just, like... Chris Rock riding back the point with Monster <laughs> and the AC on. And it's just like, that is not at all, I think, the things that right. they've known for in their comedy. Right. But it's just like two people talking to each other and finding the humor in that. And it's like, yeah. They kind of pulled the Seinfeld there. Yes. Like, yeah. there are points in the movie where they do pull like Seinfeldian things, and there are points where this is just an Adam Sandler comedy, 100%. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. But um, there are some really good people in it. Rachel Dratch plays Adam Sandler's wife. Oh, that's cool. And she's hilarious. Um, Steve Buscemi, you know, a consistent oh, Sandler bless. player. Yes. He's in there, like, doing a great job. Great. Um, and, yeah, like, it, it's... The stakes are small, but crazy things happen within those small stakes. Um, yeah, I, I recommend it. It's just wow. fun. I, Maybe... Did Adam Sandler write it? I don't think so. Um, I'm he in those films he has like final say on everything basically. Yeah, okay, but I don't believe he wrote it. Did he? Was it just him exec producing all these things and yeah, starring? He's in them? exec producer of that. Robert Robert Schmeigel was the uh, oh. director of that film. Oh, okay, so maybe that's part of and it I too. And I believe he wrote it as well. Oh, okay, that um, makes more sense, kind of. But it's like three guys who have known each other for decades, yeah. like that are good at what they do, like doing something a little different. 
So it, yeah, it was good. And like having like solid people people in there, like uh, Rachel Dratch is like yeah, that like, makes sense since he works with like he's worked with like oh, I'm thinking of Robert Carlock. But yeah, okay, that makes sense. SNL connection. Yeah, that SNL connection. Yeah. Although they were like on different years, like years apart. Or right, whatever. right, right. But like, and it just made me feel like, man, Rachel Dratch, I want to see you in more things. Like, I, I do want to see, see her in more things. In things. She's so funny. Um, but yeah, that was one thing <laughs> that I watched. I didn't expect that I would like, but I did. That's actually kind of I. I would like Adam Sandler to make good things. To just he was such a sweetheart of like the 90s. the nineties, absolutely. And, then it took a weird turn. I would like to see him do good kind of sweet things like that. The thing is, people shit on him all the time for, like, going to, like, beautiful locations and making movies with his friends. Oh, no. If, I get it. If I had that money, I'd do the same goddamn yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> let's go to Hawaii and let me bring my six best friends and we'll make a fucking movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Like... It might not be great because I'm too busy having fun <laughs> and I'm drunk on pina coladas, but it's gonna happen. Like, it's just... And I think the attraction of it is, hey, you have friends, right? Like, imagine if you were here with your friends doing this, right? And I totally get, like, well, that's a terrible reason to make a movie, but I also get that's a great reason to make a movie. Why yeah. not? <laughs> and I think he's somewhat known for kind of trying to really take care of his friends and stuff. So, from, like, that's really nice. From what I hear, when you're in with him, you're in with him. Like, yeah. he's a good friend till the end. Like, yeah. you know, you're struggling. He will help you. I saw him once, actually, at the corner of my work. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He looked just like Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> to, to his credit, he's not aged <laughs> in what feels like 10 years. Yeah. Like, he yeah. looks consistently the same over time. Mm. And Chris Rock, too. Like Oh, Chris Rock looks amazing. Like, these are two dudes that feel about the same as they were, like, in the mid-2000s. Like, to yeah. what they look like now. Yeah. That's um, totally true. But, yeah, like, I I I don't know how many more movies Adam Sandler has in this deal. Um oh, yeah. He got that deal off, of, like, a couple years ago because he was the most searched person uh, on... In, on Netflix. What? Like, he was the most searched actor. Just a lot of drunk 20-something <laughs> dudes looking for the wedding singer, like Happy Gilmore or something. So he signed... Not, they wouldn't be looking for the wedding singer. They'd be looking for Happy, Happy Gilmore. Gilmore. Yeah. So they gave him, a, like, an eight-picture deal or something like that for, like, a, tens of millions of dollars. And this is, like, movie number four or five or something like that. That's crazy. And it's weird. He's made like five movies in like the last four years, and they've all got on Netflix. Like it's it shows that the model is, I guess, different depending on who you are and like what you're trying to do. Like, mm-hmm. an Adam Sandler does not have to go to make movies for a movie theater anymore. Have to worry about the loss of like distribution and have to worry about what is it making at the box office. Like, hey, it's on Netflix. Like, the success rate there isn't like how much money did it make. How many people watched it? How many people, like, you know... Because Netflix is such an algorithm and, like, numbers-based thing, it's a different metric of success, I think. It feels like almost in the world of Netflix and streaming, like, the success is just being there. Yeah. Like, hey, like, this is a movie premiering exclusively on this platform. And there's so much stuff that when you're on there, you just kind of stumble upon and end up watching, whether right. or not you like it or you finish it. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it still counts as some kind of viewing yeah. So it's there, and it might lead you to another thing and the rabbit hole and whatnot. So that makes sense, as opposed to actually trying to lure people. And I say lure purposely, <laughs> lure people to the theater with an Adam Sandler movie. Like, oh. <laughs> so yeah, that makes sense. But um, but yeah, that was one thing I saw that I didn't think I would. Um, 
Another thing that I watched. Okay, my turn. I was waiting for you to jump in. Jesus. <laughs> Get in this mix. Okay. Um, I have watched. I spend uh, an unhealthy number of hours on YouTube. It's a problem. Uh, it's not going to get fixed. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I there are a couple of, I guess you'd call them serieses. Series? Mm-hmm. Oh boy, I'm dumb. Um, there are a couple of series on Netflix that I thoroughly enjoy and I subscribe to. Um, one of them is Kevin Hart has his own channel, the Laugh Out Loud Network. Right. It's a channel on YouTube, and he has one show called What the Fit, and it's him and a celebrity friend. And they go and they, because he's big into exercise and fitness and health, and they will try a kind of unique form of exercise. Um, He and Leslie Jones went to like do like a rodeo class. Okay. And when he came, so they had to get outfits. When he came out of the dressing room with his cowboy outfit on, it cuts to Leslie Jones just laughing hysterically <laughs> at him for like a solid 30 seconds. She just dies laughing and it's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also, so he'll have like the main episode. Um, and then like he's had Bill Hader on. He had Rhett and Link who do a YouTube show. Yeah. Um, I know he had James Corden on there for one episode. Yes. He's had a... Uh, Conan as well. Conan... Um, Ken Jong, a lot of people. Uh, they did like ballet and gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Um, Terry Crews did the gymnastics one, and it's just them, <laughs> but with little kids <laughs> gymnastics class. And they're in like he's Terry Crews is just enormous, mm-hmm. and so watching them with just a bunch of tiny little humans who are so talented and flexible, and they're just <laughs> giant dudes trying to do things like somersault with each other is amazing. Um, so he'll have those videos, which will be like twenty minutes long or so. And then he also um, brings on his personal trainer, who I love so much, and they'll do like a five-minute episode of exercises that you can do at home. Like actual legit? Actual legit exercises that are pretty straightforward. You don't like need a lot of equipment. Mm -hmm. Um, And their dynamic is really funny. The trainer just is always pretending to be annoyed with Kevin, (laughs) and Kevin will just be like dancing on the side it'll be like, kevin focus <laughs> and just like trying to make you laugh mm. um and i actually enjoyed those more than anything because their dynamic is really great okay um and i learn exercises from them <laughs> um and I, I like that he is into the fitness thing and he genuinely wants to help people. He'll be like, okay, so we're doing this exercise. What are we working? Like, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. And it's nice. Um, and then he also does, I think I made you watch an episode with Candace Parker. Of, oh, the, the cold tubs? Yes. Uh, okay. Cold as balls. All right. I've seen a few of those. Show. Those are actually really good. It's really funny. Um, the premise is that he has some kind of professional athlete come on and they often professional athletes often have to take ice baths. Kevin Hart does not like ice baths because <laughs> of course he's normal. Seeing his different ways of like <laughs> avoiding the water is just amazing. Like side sitting <laughs> and just like just staying suspended above the water like a cat you know dump into the water. Yes. Um and his dynamic with those people is usually great too. Um, and then there are two guys who I'm sure are just kind of props um, who 
dump the ice extra ice into the bath i love his relationship with those guys he's like, very nice toward one and he's very antagonistic <laughs> with the other and he gets in this guy's face even though the guy is huge and can easily just break him in half um so that there's gonna be a new season coming very soon so i'm looking forward to that okay i also um started watching a series that jamie fox has with he teamed up with Grey Goose Vodka like you do no that sounds right yeah. I like that yeah yeah <laughs> um and blame it on the goose got you feeling loose that was a lyric in one of his in one <gasps> of his most famous songs no wonder um blame it on the alcohol oh yes okay that makes more sense um so it's him um just interviewing people uh various celebrities um and are they drinking the entire time feels like it yes would be. they are cool all right <laughs> <laughs> But I like it because he seems genuinely really excited to see these people. Mm-hmm. He knows their work. He is interested in them. Um, and vice versa. Like, they seem like they're genuinely want to be there as opposed to just kind of doing a talk show circuit. Right. Um, he's had Chadwick Boseman, um, Melissa McCarthy. Okay. Which was great. I'm surprised they have not done a movie together at some point. Who? Melissa McCarthy and Jamie Foxx? Yeah. It would be amazing. <laughs> that And he is such a genuine fan of hers that it's incredibly sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just had Vince Vaughn. Man, um, I haven't seen that guy in a while. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and he just, he talks about like movies, but he also just talks about like their personal lives and stuff. And it's, I think they're usually probably like 10 to 15 minute long uh-huh. interviews. I wish they were longer because they're great conversations mm-hmm. and you feel like you're really just watching two friends kind of chat. Right. Um, but what's infuriating is how incredibly talented and good looking Jamie Foxx is. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't be fair. <laughs> you can't be an amazing actor, singer, dancer, and be that handsome. And also a great musician. He's amazing And an piano. amazing piano player. Like, n- no. Like, his career is so interesting because yeah. it's one longer than you think. He's, oh, because he's older than you think. Yeah. Yeah. It's a guy that's in his 50s. Yeah. And, like, he started in comedy, like, in the 80s. Right. Like, in the mid-80s. I feel like people don't really know that he started off with comedy. I feel like it's weird because it feels like he broke to the world in a, the biggest way when he won the Oscar. Right. For Ray. But before that, he had, like, I think good acting things leading up to that. Even oh, things yeah. like Any Given Sunday, where he's, like, you know, the lead in. And that, to me, was, like, the first time Jimmy Fox is starring in a movie? All right. What's, that's not, it's not a comedy, you say. All right. What's this about? Because he, had, of course, had a stand-up. Then he was, like, on Living Color for a long time. And then he started, like, doing more and more movie roles. But they mm-hmm. were just, like, you know, kind of whatever movies. Like, Booty Call. <laughs> <laughs> And and uh, held up, where it's just like, all right, Jamie Foxx makes like this whatever kind of comedy, fine, sure. But then getting into more like I, grittier and heavier things, like, oh, okay, like Bait was an action movie starring Jamie Foxx that wasn't bad. All right, sure. And then moving more and more into the two thousands, you get to like Ray, and then it's like, all right, who is this guy? Like, and then he wins, an, and then he wins an Oscar, mm. and then he has an album after that that does so well and is so good oh i didn't i didn't know how well it did it did well um what is it intuition was the name of it i think i forget but like um and i know there are like three people listening to this that are mad at me right now that i should know this um but it is uh his his career is just so interesting and varied and multifaceted and that he's been consistently good over time Mm -hmm. um and 
to hear that he, and he's not afraid to do things like this which is cool about him like i'll yeah i'll do a youtube show yeah sure i'll host shazam I know, on fox with his daughter <laughs> which is so cute and she's adorable like, lovely and like yeah i want to ask her so what I can also do this too, which is such a cool thing. It's like, just because you won that statue does not mean you're limited from doing other things mm. uh, and to like, to kind of make your own content and put it out there like this YouTube show. And just do literally just whatever you're actually interested in. Because yeah. he's a dude that at his level and for the length of his career, he can, he signs his own checks. Like do whatever you want. And then he gets to date Katie Holmes. That's a thing. You didn't know that? It's like, I heard it. They've been like... secretly dating for like at least a couple years now. <laughs> what is that like? What is that like? Katie, way to upgrade. Wow. You went from a, the guy from American Pie. Jason were, Biggs? No. Sean William Scott? No. Friend of the show? Uh, <laughs> I believe you were. Eddie K. Thomas? Swiss? I can name them all. I know everyone. <laughs> uh, he's a kind of a jock, like, dirt, dirt guy. Oh, Chris Klein. Yeah. He's, uh, Sorry, the, Chris Klein. He's the worst person in that movie. Sorry, Chris Klein. <laughs> I'm not um, sorry, Chris Klein. Right. <laughs> I'm sure he's a perfectly nice fellow. <laughs> you face me and um, fight me. Like they were, didn't they? Weren't they married briefly? Harry, him, Chris Klein, and am I making Katie Holmes? I, you might be right. You might be right. Regardless, she's. Um, <laughs> and then to go there, and then to bonkers Tom Cruise, and now the coolest guy. Like, oh god. Please just bring her onto the show and interview her and just talk about your amazing relationship. It's so I wonder what they're like. What because it's so interesting. They feel they feel not compatible because she's not in the public eye like that. I guess. Yeah. But I don't know anything about Katie Holmes really. Like she's probably that's probably a cool ass relationship. Well, she's been more doing more interviews and stuff ever since she got divorced from Tom Cruise. Quite frankly. Okay. It feels and like she seems so happy. I've seen her on like one of my her agent. I've seen her <laughs> on um, like James Corden. And she, I think she was with Seth MacFarlane on the couch. And I was just like, oh, I wonder if this is awkward. But she was like, she was going with it. She was happy. You know, some people get a little stiff and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Katie Holmes, Chris Klein. I got to look this up. Um, (laughs) I will say this from Chris Klein's career. He's. What career? Oh, sorry. Mike dropped. Yeah, they (laughs) dated. They were, or they were married. I know what's up. I got, you, I got you, Katie. So why are you filing for divorce, Miss Holmes? My husband's lame. <laughs> Did you see American Pie? He's uh, the worst. Divorce I never saw granted. <laughs> we don't yeah, need the right. signatures in the paper. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, Jamie Foxx, like, cool for him. I yeah. I would like to see that show. I've not seen. I didn't know he even had a YouTube thing. Yeah. I th- it's pretty recent, I think. Okay, like within the last um, few months, I guess, or last y- month, maybe. Yeah, because his first guest, I think, was Chadwick Boseman. And it was right in the wake right... of Black Panther Avengers. Yeah, yeah, Got yeah. it. And it's the most I've ever seen Chadwick Boseman kind of light up and be uh, a little more relaxed during an interview and stuff. Okay. Yeah, they like joked around. It was nice. All right. I can yeah. definitely go for watching that. I just need Kenny Holmes to be on there. <laughs> Tell me all your secrets, Katie. Tell me about Tom. <laughs> oh, man. So great. Okay, sorry. Um, anything else that I watched? Uh, oh, I watched Cargo on Netflix with Martin Freeman. So did I, yeah. Um, disclaimer, I was dog-sitting at a fancy lady's apartment, and she had a very nice television mm-hmm. that I was very quickly seduced by. 
<laughs> the picture looked the television poured you wine oh my god the it had chocolate and roses and i was just ready to go um the picture was just so amazing and it was in that um movie often shows like panning landscapes of australian stuff so mm-hmm. it looks nice on there so i might be slightly biased because of how nice it looked um <laughs> uh, but i liked it it was nothing um it was a relatively small story right as opposed to like oh it's a epidemic of zombies um i liked him i like martin freeman a lot and it was him not being as and i don't mean it in a bad way because i find him incredibly charming but he didn't he only got like a second to be funny but it was really him just acting yeah um and that baby was really cute um what they stumble upon was the people they stumble upon were interesting mm-hmm. um and it seemed relatively realistic yeah um, i like that the situation was kind of dire that you know yeah. it really was on a ticking clock here yeah um i'm just gonna spoil it whatever um i liked um skip ahead like five minutes if you have to hmm? skip ahead five minutes to the listener if you have yeah. to yeah um because even though you, they showed in the preview like what happened that his wife was going to turn, mm-hmm. it was still very stressful and sad when it did happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and the separate storyline that get, kind of gets woven into um, his is with the little girl, like mm-hmm. the Aboriginal little girl, right? And seeing her relationship with her dad was really devastating. It is a movie about daughters and fathers. Yeah. Oh. Um, but it was, I'm not quite sure, I wasn't sure during the movie, I'm still not quite sure even afterward, maybe you can clarify for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Aboriginal storyline was a little, like they dropped you into the middle of it and then they cut it off before it ended. It was just kind of in there, but it didn't have a clear purpose so much and I didn't quite know what they wanted to do with it. Equal time wasn't given to it. No, and I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know what its deal was. Yeah, it, it, I think if they... That's a whole different movie entirely, yeah, I feel. If they focus on is. the child uh, and her dad, mm. um, as opposed to Martin Freeman and his daughter. Mm. Um, and like the guy, the... Um, I forgot what the, she called him. The man who had kind of predicted it to a certain degree. Oh, the clever man? Clever man, yes. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, her family had, I guess, started killing people. Well, what what had happened? It seemed well. Her family was like clearing out the zombies that were like. Okay, you know, yeah, that was it. Sorry, yeah, memory's terrible. Like they're the only people fighting against the zombies. Yeah, and I so I, and she just kind of made there's just made mention of it. Um, so oh, I think by the old woman that he runs across, older mm-hmm. woman. Um, had said, had mentioned that they had been taking people out, taking people, killing zombies. Um, so she warned him. And so at that moment, I was like, oh, did they kill non-zombies? I think because he is because turning. He He's in the process right. of turning. Okay, like if they sure. see that you're turning, they may just They're kill just you on sight. Okay. Just want to make sure I was understanding correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that kind of little B section of the movie felt 
incomplete and that was a little weird and frustrating there were parts of the movie that remind me uh i think i may have mentioned this to you before of like trained to Passan, uh where yes, it's again another father-daughter situation yeah. uh, in a zombie apocalypse mm-hmm. uh trying to get to a destination down to like the tunnel scene which was to me yes. very evocative of, yes like, i was like, oh, another tunnel. okay here we go um but yeah like uh, the, it's, it's very much like um the movie is very pro i think aborigine yeah and it's very much like you know calling out like racism that does occur which i did appreciate Mm -hmm. i wish they just kind of um uh added more to it yeah like i'm not saying i want a sequel but i'm I'm, i'd like to see the the movie from the other perspective would be cool too. that would be cool um but yeah that was a surprise to me apparently it was out already for like a year or something like that or it came out last year but only came to netflix this so year? like American Netflix, or something? yeah, American Netflix. Like, oh, I mean, I guess that would make sense because it was an Australian yeah. film. But um, of course, Netflix, you know, once they get the rights to something, just stamp uh, Netflix original on yeah. it, like they produced That's it. So weird. I don't know how that works. Like the only either. thing that I think that ever calls it out is like Arrested Development, like where it's like it's a Netflix semi original. Mm. Like it's just I don't know. It's so weird that they will buy the rights to a film. And then, like, stamp Netflix original. But, like, you didn't really put the money down for this. You just got the rights to it. They I, don't, I don't know how that works. I don't think they understand the definition of original. <laughs> Seems to be a real gray area. But whatever. Um, what else have I been watching? Um, <laughs> two other things. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the wonderful podcast featuring my future husband, Jason Manzukis. Mm-hmm. Um how did this get made? Their one of their more recent ones was Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Right. Oh boy, that movie. It's a bit of a trash fire. That movie. <sighs> I knew that movie was bad when I was sixteen. I was like, no, I'm not seeing this. <laughs> you could tell from the previews back then that yeah, it wasn't going to be great. But I enjoy history, and I like the whole look of it. It got me. It gave me a real kind of. Um, indiana jones kind of field with the um when he is like flying around the way that indiana jones you'll see him like boop, boop, the boop, on the map. the map yeah yeah mm-hmm. um and i like the kind of sepia toned look of it i think it was kind of made during the wrong time like now we could be doing a better job with cgi and stuff but really its biggest flaw is gwyneth paltrow's character is written so fucking poorly it's painful my question is do people hate Gwyneth Paltrow like it feels like they do like overall it feels people don't like seeing her in things and I just I'm fine with her I have no problem with her I went into it not really having she's done it to herself a little bit because A everyone knows she shouldn't have won that Oscar for Shakespeare in Love yeah. Who'd Which, she that's not that? her who, fault but who, who'd she win over i don't remember okay i feel that movie shouldn't have won best picture oh no it shouldn't i don't know about her own performance yeah. I would say. um and then her whole fucking goop thing she's just so detached from reality in terms of the average woman's <laughs> life it's insane mm-hmm. there are crystals that you put up your fucking vagina that are for sale on that website she is an insane person um so but whatever she's in her own world she seems like a decent enough human being whom i judge i judge all the time whatever (laughs) um i didn't go into this expecting anything Mm because i hadn't remembered anything from it right um 
but her and it's not really it's only kind of her acting that's her fault the way her character is written is she nags and she is critical and judgmental like she wants to go on like this mission with jude law but then she like nags him the whole time it's Mm -hmm. like well that's not the other thing um and she's the other time she's like helpless and it's just the worst um stereotypes of women shoved into one character it feels like bad writing more than like her portrayal it's terrible writing her portrayal doesn't help Uh it's if i were to read the script her portrayal probably matches what they were asking for Mm -hmm. i was trying to think if like if there had been another woman cast maybe they could have made her a little bit more of a sympathetic character Mm -hmm. with their performance possibly um but her character just sucks and it really even though it's not a great movie if that character wasn't there or if it was slightly different I think it really would have made a big difference. Um, but Angelina Jolie's character is the coolest. Really? She has an eye patch, Jason, and she draw is a uh, she drives planes. That's not what I meant. She Steals flies. planes? No, she's a pilot. Okay. She's like in charge of this air base in the sky. So she leads the sky captains. Yeah. Well, he's just called sky captain. He's just a sky captain. Yes. Or is he she, the sky captain? He, he's the sky captain. I okay. don't know how he earned this moniker. <laughs> you know, I don't know if he went to the Top Gun Academy and that was the call sign they gave him. <laughs> Who knows? Um, it's very boastful. But she's kind of his boss, sort of a little bit. Uh, no. Well, he's British. She did she do an accent in this movie? I can't remember. I remember having like a British accent. When I, saw I this, think like, she years does. Ago. Um. He, I think he's kind of a rogue. I don't think he works for a specific government. Okay. I don't know how he got his plane. Whatever. Um, but they were... Well, they slept together at some point and kind of dated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she helps him out. And she is part of, I think, like the British Air Force or whatever. Okay. Um, but the she's RF. bad. Yeah. But she's a badass, which is cool. But she's only in there for a hot minute. Okay. Um, it's just a weird little movie. And the plot is all over the place. You try to follow it, and you realize how ridiculous it is. Because like Jolie Law and Paltrow, they're like A-list actors. Yeah. Like you know, they're like top of their toss a little Giovanni game. Ribisi in there, a little sprinkle of him. I've always liked Giovanni Ribisi. I've never had a problem with that guy. No, me neither. Ever since uh, Gone in sixty seconds, yeah, Friends for some. Um, oh yeah, I just enjoyed the guy. He's great. Um, needless to say, I'll never watch Sneaky Pete. It's fine. <laughs> um, so that was just a weird, crappy little movie. Um, lastly, I um, was talking to a coworker about Doctor Who and was convinced to watch the, I think it's the most recent season with uh, Peter Capaldi and Bill, okay. who is black and gay. She's a lady. Mm-hmm. She's an amazing companion. She's very likable without like trying too hard. She also has amazing outfits, um, and I think she and Peter Capaldi have a better um, chemistry together. Mm-hmm. They're not trying too much. There's not like a love thing or anything there, which is nice. Um, yeah, I think they're going to kind of end her character possibly with a new 
when the new doctor comes along and I'm new sad. New doctor, new companion? Yeah, I think so. Okay. But she's great. I would recommend watching. Have you watched her episodes yet? No, I've not. They're fun. And it feels like a very, like a new, as if they got new writers, it feels a little more energized mm-hmm. and less sad. Okay. Um, So I would recommend it with Bill. She's great. Um, Three things I'll talk about very quickly that mm-hmm. I saw. Um, one being, uh, the last season of The Strain. Oh, okay. Which is fun, man. The Strain is fun. Like, it's, it does a good job of, like, building up, like, you know, its characters over four seasons. Um, I kind of devoured this show on Hulu over the last six months. Um, the fourth season just came out, like, a couple weeks ago, I believe. Oh, okay. I think the last time you, I spoke to you about it, I don't know if it was here in real life, Mm -hmm. um, there was a kid i think a character that kid an- sucks annoyed- <laughs> <laughs> he continues to suck annoy ass. the shit out of you oh, so you were annoyed so annoying. you were kind of disappointed with that but i'm he's glad- the worst part of that show i'm glad there was you enjoyed the rest of it then but to the show's credit they lean into that in this fourth season like hey isn't this kid shitty <laughs> <laughs> like yeah he is um there's one thing that happens in the fourth season of the strain that's ridiculous but kind of fantastic so the main bad guy of the show called the master he looks like uh if you've ever seen nosferatu mm-hmm. like he looks like that oh god like bald veiny like no. huge eyes like gigantic like rat teeth oh i don't like and like that. long claws and <sighs> like the dumb kid like likes this girl or whatever and he but he's like i don't know how to talk to her oh, God. and then the masters youths like, are the worst <laughs> how old is this kid supposed to be he's like 14 15 yep that age but then care. like this creepy monster is like why don't you just try talking to her like, <laughs> what? why are you giving dating advice he just becomes a stepdad <laughs> yes he effectively becomes this kid's stepdad <laughs> but he's like you should really just try taking her out perhaps to a movie or maybe to the park like what is happening Take this Outback Steakhouse gift card. Show her the girl a good time. You just literally slice someone's neck open and sucked all their blood out three minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) But it was funny. Not in a bad way. It was just very funny to see like this terrible. It's like Darth Vader giving dating advice to like (laughs) a corporal on his ship. It was just very funny to me. Were Um, they trying to be funny? What's that? Were they trying to be funny? No. I think they're trying to like have an earnest moment there. But it was just like. (laughs) It was funny. To show a different dimension of that character. Maybe. But um, outside of that one moment, whatever, like, the, the season's very strong. Um, They introduce, uh, like, one or two new characters, but not too many because it's the last season. We gotta wrap things up. Um, It's... Corey Stoll, uh, of course, it's his <laughs> right, show, really. Right, right. Um, But, like, yeah, they wrap up all the things with him. They, they wrap everything up quite nicely. It is in a good package. Like, it's just digestible solid it's it, you don't know, get that often anymore i feel did they know that this was going to be their last season yeah okay so it gave them a chance to kind of wrap yeah. things up oh that's like good. it wasn't a situation where it's like it ends on a cliffhanger like nope stamped period at the end of the sentence cool. like close the book wrap it up send it off like nice. cool like it's just it's a solid good show with good themes and good discussions of characters what I find so funny about this show is that, like, I'll start every season off like, all right, the strain. But then, like, by the fifth or sixth episode, I'm just, like, yelling in my room at the TV, like, you idiot! <laughs> or, like, yeah! Get that! Like, <laughs> I am enjoying it like sports in my room. And <laughs> just, like, here, like, see my roommates, like, walking, like, everything all good in here? Like, yeah, just a strain. Oh, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> like they know at this point that I'm so weirdly into it, but, like, 
It does have great character moments. I think the strongest part of this show is its characters. Is it a large cast or a small no, cast? No, I would say like the cast overall is like six people max, oh, okay. like six to eight sort of. Okay. And there are other side stories that happen too, but we're only focusing really on like six to eight characters. Um, but again, I just really enjoyed the stream. I don't know. Um, okay. Outside of that, saw Fahrenheit 451 with... Uh, oh, I haven't watched it yet with my future husband. Michael and Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um... It is a solid dystopian tale, relevant to our times. Mm. <laughs> um, I had never read Fahrenheit 51, the Ray, Bra- the Ray Bradbury book. I haven't either. I know it's like a staple of high school, yeah. possibly middle school literature. I've but... read like a bunch of other Ray Bradbury stuff, but not that one. Mm. Um, side note, the Ray Bradbury uh, like hour on TV was a show of like an anthology show based on just Ray Bradbury works or whatever. Mm. And it's so good and like creepy. And like it was made in like the late 80s. Um, imagine like a Twilight Zone kind of thing, but um, they're just consistently good episodes. Uh, it's like a late '80s Black Mirror kind of. Oh, okay. Um, but instead of technology, all the stories differ. They're very much humanistic as opposed to technology based or whatever. Cool. Um, but fair enough. Four fifty one. Solid. Like it looks a great looking. Don't movie. say too much because I am going to watch it without spoiling. I any... obviously have to support my husband <laughs> without spoiling anything. Uh, Michael B. Jordan and. Um, Michael Shannon are very good in it. Michael Shannon, of course, doing being the creepiest man on earth again. Yet attractive. <laughs> Just I, I don't I can't I don't see it. <laughs> you don't have to, Jason. I do. That's why I'm here. Um. So it is a feast for your eyes. Yeah. Your he eyes was only. like, "Hey, you want to do it?" I'd be like, "Yeah, let's do it." Uh, let's um, do it, Michael. Michael B. Turn away. <laughs> yeah, turn away, man. You don't need to see this. Um. But Michael B, um, Michael Shannon are good in it. Um, the basic premise being that, like you know, uh, they are playing firemen who are going da- going around in their city and burning down every book. Books to them to in this world are poison right. to the mind. You know, they create confusion and fears with how they see it. Um, Michael Shannon is the most famous fireman in the country. They ride around like in black fireman outfits, like a black fireman truck. And in this world... Don't say too much, Jason. I'm not saying too much. You're adding so much detail. This is giving the basic premise of what they do. Um, And they burn books. In their world, um, firemen burn books. They don't save lives from like burning buildings or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Sophia Batella's... What do they call firemen? I don't know water guys <laughs> <laughs> they don't, gotcha ray they don't they don't say specifically um but yeah uh sofia patel is in it as well Oh, she's popping up all over the place she's got a busy year it mm. feels like um good for her it's i believe is shot in cleveland um that's where the story is set oh. um it's a very dark film visually like everything happens at night yeah um and I feel like just internally acting wise for everyone, they, it's a lot of work for them to do. It's a lot of internal struggle in mm. all of the characters. Um, it's currently on HBO now, slash HBO Go. It's good. And it's actually like pretty tight. It's like an hour, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't like, I didn't feel blown away, but like, it was like, okay, this is like, you know, certainly a good movie for the times that we're in right now. I don't know if you can say this without spoiling it, but what would have made it better for you? Um, it's not even think. I don't think it's a matter of it make being better for me. I think I just may may not have been in the the right mood to watch it okay, at that yeah, time. That's fair. Um, totally fine movie. Like okay. I, I had nothing against it. It was okay. nothing that I felt it was missing. Um, I just maybe I just wasn't the right mood at that point in time. Okay. Um, 
and outside of that, this week as well, I saw an older film, uh, Enter the Dragon, um, Bruce Lee's last film before dying. Um, it's really good, and there's a reason why this is like such a template that people pull from. Whenever there's a tournament in anything, it feels like whenever there's like a martial arts tournament in a movie or an animated show or something like that. It feels they're always pulling from Enter the Dragon. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, like the the movie Mortal Kombat is a kind of a direct ripoff of the structure <laughs> of Enter the Dragon, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's you have three main characters, um, and there's a bunch of other behind scenes things, of course, as to like Bruce Lee wanting to be like the main character, and he is without a doubt. But you have three different characters. It's a multiracial cast to draw you into it. I feel that's like kind of like That's surprising given it was the seventies. Com- yeah. yeah. Not common at the time. Um you have a white lead, you have an Asian lead, you have a black lead. Hmm. Um all men? I all mean men. obviously Bruce Lee's a man. All all men. Um okay. but you do get ladies doing things. Um Oh, we get to do things? <laughs> yeah. Like baking? No or like, like fighting laundry? and kicking oh, ass in the streets. Okay. Um <laughs> however cool yeah that does happen um seeing it finally for the first time in the theater reminded me that like you know man things there's a lot of things cut out in syndication (laughs) on television um had you only seen it on television i had only seen it on television growing up and i felt like oh yeah i've absolutely seen it like i've seen 75 percent of the movie oh that much you think was yeah okay there's there's a lot of edits for tv Hmm. in that movie not that it's like grossly violent or like you know there's like a lot of nudity or anything like that there's not um it's just for time or whatever purposes they just like cut a bunch of it Mm out um yeah the fighting in it is great um there's a lot of like cameos of people in there before they became big stars like sammo hung um who was like you know a huge martial arts star in hong kong and even in america he was on that show martial law um you're just throwing out things i have no idea <laughs> and jackie chan was in it as well Hey-oh. okay um he was there when i was a kid people used to call me jackie chan that would because be my name is jackie and i'm asian yeah i'm so sorry that's okay so I held a grudge of cancer for a little bit, but we're cool now. <laughs> he gave me some of that rush hour money. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was a good time. It was fun seeing it in the theater with, like, people that, like, you know, had seen it before, were huge fans, like, yeah. you know, cheering at everything that was happening. There That's are parts cool. that are legit funny even still today. Like, really? there are parts that are, like, you know, you definitely do want to cheer for your protagonist when they do a cool thing or say a cool line. There's a lot of cool lines being said at other people in this movie. By like everyone around, and it's just like, you know, what? this was like pretty solidly written as far as like one-liners. What is the very top line plot? Um, warriors are summoned to this island to compete in a tournament for a crime boss. Oh, okay. He is secretly looking for top guys to recruit into his organization and send out into the world to sell his drugs. Oh, okay. Um, Sounds like the makings of a Bond movie. It is very without James, James Bond. Very James Bondy. Um. Bruce Lee cool. is sent in as like uh, an agent for like uh, the Hong Kong government because his island is like in kind of in the Hong Kong territory. Okay, he's sent there to kind of like find out what's going on, report back to them. They're gonna come in and shut his shit down. Hmm. Um, but the guy that's hosting the tournament gets wind of this and uh, gets wind of goings on in his island, and he's down to shut that down. Hmm. Um, and eventually, like you know, Bruce Lee does his job and things happen. But not before some cool ass fights happen. Okay. Um, uh, were the other main characters there? The two other guys there as fighters also? Yes, they're okay. also recruited as fighters as well. Um, okay. Of different styles of martial arts. Cool. 
Um, and yeah, it makes it for one character in particular. I'm sure he does have like you know a, a film history that I I'm not aware of, but like the one black character they introduced, Jim Kelly, like. It was so cool in that movie, but like I just never saw him in anything else before or after that. It's, yeah. He's introduced in that movie, so it's like his first acting role. Hmm. He's doing a good job, definitely. You think he was a fighter or something in real life, and that's how he got the job? Possibly, like, yeah. acting wasn't his main thing? It was just brought on for that? I guess so, but like he could certainly have done more after. He's very charismatic, of course. Oh. Um, and yeah, this was like Bruce Lee's last film before dying, and mm. it, like, it kind of sucks because it's also his biggest film. Hmm. Like, this would have launched him into like a whole bunch of other new things, like a lot of projects like starring him. And, and only him but uh he died a month before it came yeah. out so mm. that happened sad um but yeah that's pretty much like everything that i've seen uh in this time <laughs> but uh we do have other things that we've seen that we uh, things that we were asked to do our assignments asked to do. yes and you have seen things that i've asked you to see yes um I believe I originally asked you to watch Fear, but because Fear, you can't find it anywhere. No. Um, Which I was pretty okay with because it did not seem interesting to me. <laughs> you know what I don't care about? Love triangles. <laughs> Particularly those with Mark Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. So I was okay with that. So instead, you suggested Semi-Pro, which mm-hmm. is currently on HBO. Um, you love this movie, don't you? I really enjoy this movie. It's like my favorite <laughs> Will Ferrell movie. It's like... I don't know. I just really enjoy it. It's a sleeper hit. It's a period piece set in the 70s based on a real thing, like before the ABA got absorbed into the NBA. And just, it was a fine premise for a movie. And I think there's so many good people in it. There, It's an impressive cast. And it's, you. there's so many comedians in there that if you are a fan of the general comedy world, just... Um, well, like Will Arnett is in there and Andy Daly's in there. Oh, they're so funny together. <laughs> they're they're kind of my favorite part of that. Andy Daly <laughs> is just the best, and they like puffed up his little hair. It's so cute. Um, it's a real. It's probably like the fluffiest of all of Will Ferrell's movies mm-hmm. in terms of like having any type of real depth. <laughs> it's just real kind candy. Mm-hmm. Um, the palette because it is it's the seventies yeah is really fun and bright and nice yeah. um and it's the first time I found myself uh very much attracted to Woody Harrelson it was <laughs> a confusing moment for me it was a, it's been a confusing hour and a half um, I have like ten minutes left of it they're about to start or no they started playing the final game and um uh. Is it coffee coffee black or black coffee? Coffee black. Coffee black has just uh, spoiler alert uh, has just joined the tropics. He's he come back. He come back to the tropics. Yes. Oh, you oh, you're about to see one of the funniest jokes in the entire movie. I think I still say to friends today. We can finish watching it because yeah, <laughs> and they know exactly what I mean. Okay. Um, foul. No. Don't shut up. Don't you, say it. It doesn't spoil anything because you don't know what it means just yet. No, just don't. Please don't say it. Okay. You love spoiling things. Ah, no. Oh, my God. But regardless. Um, um, Woody Harrelson looks real, even though he has terrible hair piece on. <laughs> he's ripped. <laughs> and he looks, like, so good. <laughs> he's got, I'm a real fan of shoulders and arms. He's got nice arms for this. And I was like, oh, Woody. And I just lost myself. And I don't, I'm still trying to... Um, analyze these feelings 
Because <laughs> I've seen him in a lot of things lately. Uh-huh. You got your Star Warses, your three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri's. True Detective a couple years ago. True Detective. He's just... <laughs> I'll get back to you on this one. Is he married? I don't know. I think he, he looks was. Like, he looks like the type of guy who might be into Asian ladies. I might... <laughs> I might have a shot at this, Jason. <laughs> he might be the most realistic one. <laughs> um, uh, s- but yeah, it's, I mean, it's funny. It's a little too fluffy for me. Okay. Also, on, is Andre Benjamin? Yeah. He looks real good in it, too. I I enjoy basketball because I love a good arm. Like his first acting role, I believe, was this movie. I don't I think, think he was so. in anything before this. Um, he looks great. I'm a fan of the uniforms. It's, it is, I think it's the most silly. It's a very silly movie. Yes. When he, <laughs> I don't know why I found it so delightful when he makes them dress up as like tropical things <laughs> and he's literally the sun. They're all revolving around him mm-hmm. and they're like flaming, they're dressed up as flamingos. And like, <laughs> but the costumes are really good. <laughs> like they're really creative. Um, it's very silly, but it's fun. I'm generally enjoying it pretty much and people you don't expect are in there like jackie earl haley um as like a the bum that like wins ten thousand dollars i know i i was like i know i recognize this person i cannot place it okay yes (laughs) gotcha like yeah there are a lot of people just like kind of crammed in this movie that you don't think are like in there at all who when will ferrell goes to heaven Mm -hmm. his mom when he's like mom who is that? I believe that's Patty LaBelle that plays his mom. I don't know. I, f- I forget. Who I don't plays recognize his mom exactly. music people at all because I don't <laughs> follow music. Uh, but it just made me laugh. Um, <laughs> it's a silly movie that I think I'm enjoying. It might just be because of Woody <laughs> <laughs> and Andre Benjamin's arms. <laughs> um. But I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, and like Woody Harrelson's like his little kind of love thing with more tyranny mm-hmm. is super random. But it, it feels like the only real thread in the movie. It is the only real like... thread, but it's very incomplete mm-hmm. again. Um, <laughs> when Rob Corddry catches them sleeping together and he just is like, oh, he's not even mad. He just sits <laughs> at the table and starts drinking it. It's really funny. Um. Yeah, it's cotton candy, but it's okay. I think I like Step Brothers the most of all the Will Ferrell flicks. Okay. Um, glad you're enjoying it. Please finish it. We'll finish it. Yeah. After um, this. I have for you, uh, as given to us as an assignment by Megan uh, last episode, uh, to come up with a movie treatment. I was going to say, I don't remember assigning you anything. Okay. For uh, for yes. Gerard Butler. Oh, Jerry. To make a you, butler. You never like told me about it. I didn't. Uh, this, I came up with this, this just the other day. Okay. Um, for, for, Jerry, for Jerry B's Ugh. movie treatment. Uh, and this is what I came up with. First of all, the name of the movie is 30 Days of Fight. Uh, <laughs> it's is okay so gerard butler returns to his hometown in scotland after filming the remake oh he gets to have his regular accent which is yes. great because he can't do other it's ones it's his best feature oh. everyone knows it uh, well no his face is well, well it, no he's allowed to be most free when he's like yes using his because he doesn't have accent. to use the other whatever percentage of his brain where you have to kind of <laughs> do in whatever accent you're trying on but uh okay so jerry b returns to his hometown in scotland great. after filming the remake of highlander 
At the rap party that happens at a local pub that he always went to when he was growing up, mm-hmm. uh, he's challenged by the ki- the the person he used to torment him as a kid is now a grown man, and he challenges him at the bar end, and this guy kicks Gerard Butler's ass. Oh, Jerry! Uh, and everyone like sees it and it gets posted to the internet. And this bully, played by Vinnie Jones, all right. Oh, that's <laughs> a good one. I like the casting. Um, is this present day? This is present day. Okay. Um and everyone like you know sees it, it gets posted to the internet oh, no. and it's an embarrassing moment for Jerry. It is. However, uh this inflicts Jerry's tough guy status. Mm. If he if this gets out, you know, that you know he is not a tough guy, this jeopardizes his career, jeopardizes all the, the projects he has lines up. Because in this world he's like a Jason Statham type of guy. Yeah. Okay. Well we could we could consider him a Jason Statham kind of guy in this, but in this world, but not really, sort of. No, he's a real pudding st- version <laughs> of Jason Statham. He's never been in that good. Well, I mean, I guess in 300 he is in good shape, but he kind of turned into pudding since then, which That's, I'm fine with. Bless all right. him. But uh, Gerard has several movies pending on his tough guy status as well as his current movie. If word gets out that he's not a tough guy, he will lose all the films that he has lined up. Mm. So, in order to, to save face and secure his future, Gerard challenges the bully to a boxing match that takes place in 30 days. Uh, there's one caveat, though. Gerard doesn't know how to fight. Because in every movie he's ever done, he's always had stunt people do the stuff for him. <gasps> so, he has to learn how to box in his hometown in order to face the bully and save face. Okay. Uh, so, Gerard moves back in with his parents. <laughs> <laughs> he's living back in Scotland. Who are his parents? Um, I would like for them to be played by his actual parents. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Because I couldn't think of any particular elder Scottish actors for that for those parts. Mm. Um, however, the trainer that he has at the gym played by Brian Cox. Cool. Um, in the course of training, Gerard loves his loving and doting parents who call him Jerry exclusively. I would also consider casting, instead of Brian Cox, uh, Brendan Gleeson. Even okay. though I know he's Irish. I'm sure he can do an accent. <laughs> he just is a little more lovable than Brian Cox, even though they look See, like the same person. I wanted his friend to be a little bit more mean, which is why okay. I thought of Brian Cox. Okay. Um, so in town, he, re- he reunites with an old flame that's not that into him, but it's, it's his one that got away. Uh, he calls his famous friends for advice on like, you know, what to do in the fight, like Idris Elba and uh, Tom Hardy. <gasps> And they have no advice for him because <laughs> they are Sally. They are Sally, they'll be there for the fight, but they totally believe he's going to get his ass kicked. I would like for Tom Hardy to be in prison. <laughs> like he's their scenes are not together; it's all over the phone. Yeah, but like they, I would like to see see them on different movie sets, just <laughs> or like in in situations of like this is what an A list movie star does or something like that. Um, but. Yeah, so at the end of the film, he does, of course, have his fight. Um, I've not yet decided whether or not he wins or loses. Mm. Um, I would like to think that he does lose, but he goes the distance, all right? He doesn't look like a complete wuss out there. And he wins back the girl? And he doesn't. I don't think he wins back the girl. I think that the girl is very much, uh, you know, there's a possibility for things in the future, but it's he doesn't win in that respect. Okay. Um... I like for his old love interest to be played by Ashley Jensen, who was uh, on extras as uh, Ricky Gervais's like friend. 
who's all in all those I things with him. I know exactly. I watched the entire series. Yep, keep talking. But what we get in this movie, we get multiple training montages. All right, montages, montages, oh montages. Uh, we get things of Gerard, like you know, doing Scottish things that he doesn't do anymore. He has to eat haggis. <laughs> Um, and ultimately, it's a feel-good story about Scotland and Jerry getting in touch with his roots. I do like Ashley Jensen very much. I think that would be fun for her. But that is my Gerard Butler movie treatment pitch. <sighs> of course it is, because you love Rocky. <laughs> I would have gone in a very different direction. And chose the name 30 Days of Fight because it sounds like 30 Days of Night. And I thought <laughs> that'd be a great pun. And it's not quite grammatically correct, but I feel like it's perfect for Jerry. <laughs> Um, okay, how about next time I will do my treatment for it? Okay. Okay. Um, wow, he doesn't win and he doesn't get the girl. That's tough. And life is tough, all right? But he's back in touch with who he is, all right? But then what happens with all his movie deals? He get, They work out. It works out because he's not a wuss. He, he gets beat up, but it shows that he's sensitive. And at least a whole other avenue of films available. For oh, him. okay. I like that. Interesting. See, I'm not a fan of drama, so <laughs> mine will probably involve dinosaurs. <laughs> you think I'm joking, Jason? Look into these eyes. Am I joking? No. 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 Uh, speaking of dinosaurs, things that we're looking forward to. Um, I have a few things here that I'm looking forward to, actually. Um. Looking forward to the fourth Purge movie, um, <laughs> which sounds like a terrible thing to say, but I'm like... i I just... Of all the things coming out, that's not what I expected at all, <laughs> and I hadn't even known that it was coming out with... They were coming out with the fourth one. It looks fun. Uh, I'm into it. Uh, do we still... Is it still Frank Grill, Grillo? I'm sure Grillo will make an appearance. You can't count out the Grillmaster. Um, <laughs> but um, the guy who's on Insecure... Um, who plays Issa Rae's uh, kind of on-again, off-again love interest oh, in season know. one season two. Um, he seems to be the main character in oh, it. Oh, that's cool. And it's like, cool. I'd like to see that guy in an action movie. Okay. What's his name? I don't know his name. I should have written it down. Okay. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Do we know what the premise is this time? It's the first Purge. Oh, cool. Okay. The very first Purge introduced... Um, of course, the premise of those movies being that once a year, every year, right? Uh, all crime is legal for one night. Hmm. Um, and this has been going on in America for quite some time in order to purge America of its evil. Um, mm. But this is the first time it's been introduced. The movies are very sociopolitical and hmm. they always like, you know, hit hard on like, this is a government scheme to clear out the poor and the undesirable. Question. Mm-hmm. Hypothetical. Say... It's it's you now as we are. Mm-hmm. The purge becomes real. Oh God! What do you do? Go out to international waters. Oh, That's my only plan. The boat scene. Like I've had many conversations on purge plans. Uh, is the purge just the U.S.? Purge is just the U.S. Oh, so you could presumably just get a ticket to Europe. My thought is always like, tickets out of the country would be. A- They'd be like $10,000. It'd be like, yes, some insane price that no one could pay, like really afford. Mm. Um, or you would just be barred from going into those countries at the time or at something like time. that. Um, hmm. I feel 
yeah, I, I think that's my best bet to get a boat and go to international waters or go as far out from the coast as possible. What about your mom and your friends? And they'd be on the boat. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, it wouldn't just be me alone. But like, <laughs> screw you guys, I'm out. <laughs> Maybe I'll see you later. <laughs> um, but like, that would be expensive. I'm all about logistics. How would you like... Would you guys have to like pull your money all year to be able to afford to rent a boat? Because guess what? Boat rentals are going to be expensive. I think it's a matter of pulling the money all together. One. Two. Or perhaps just pulling money together to buy a boat. It doesn't have to be a huge one. It okay. just has to be a boat to get far enough out. Usually the like the average, like my parents have a boat. I think you can fit like eight people. That's all I need. Okay. That well, feels like not insane. Oof. I don't think I'd make it on the the cut on that get on that boat jason i'm thinking about your friends uh-uh well, I, but who knows what their plans are you know like yeah, okay all right that's that's my one shot for the for the purge where uh where are you gonna like off the coast of where jersey well, of jersey i mean that's where i live so i have to i have to go with what i know okay Interesting. <laughs> Just wondering. Um, that's one thing I'm looking forward to. Uh, in the next few weeks, Hotel Artemis comes out. Ooh, yeah. Um, looking I'm forward not going to gonna be able to see that one in theaters. Too much bone breaking and I murder? I think there's going to be a lot of bone breaking. Yeah, potentially, yeah. Um, the trailer came out for Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, yeah. Which it looks interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'd like to see Rami Malek in more leading roles in movies. Um, Seems like a kind of an overdue movie. You'd think yeah. they made that a while ago. Um, looking forward to uh, Equalizer two, which I just saw a trailer for. <laughs> um, Equalizer was pretty solid. Was I it liked good? It. Yeah. I see it on like Netflix or something often. I wasn't sure if it was any good or not. It's worth your time. A lot of bone breaking in that. Oh, um, fuck but me. Denzel doing cool things. Uh, you could just be walking down the block reading the book, and I'd watch it. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't take much, but. Um, the Sisters Brothers, which looks pretty interesting. What's that? Uh, Joaquin Phoenix and uh, John C. Riley. Um, Ooh, I like both of these people as thieves uh, in the in the old west. Is this a comedy or a... it's a comedy? Comedy oh, okay. western. It looks like. What is it called? The Sisters Brothers. That title is funny in itself. Um, and they are trying to hunt down uh, what the heck is his name to kill a thieving prospector in 1851 Oregon Oregon I always say it wrong I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I hadn't even heard of it yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal's in it yep he's handsome I'm intrigued so uh, that's one thing that's another thing I'm looking forward to a whole bunch and one trailer I saw that I don't want to see <laughs> is that new Robin Hood movie I know we just talked and praised Jamie Foxx Oh, earlier Jamie, i know that does not look like and i don't think he's gonna be bad in it no i just think i don't want to see another robin Hood movie every five years they make a new they robin always Hood movie. make one i don't know why and i feel like they always throw in like one black guy as if that somehow makes it okay but in the story of robin hood he a more is his friend he's a, a soldier in the crusades and comes back from the crusades to england finds it completely you know corrupt and seeks to make those wrongs right. Um, and one of his allies is a Muslim black man that he met. So it's not completely, I mean, it's 
at least to the story, mm-hmm. it's somewhat accurate. Yeah, somewhat accurate. To oh. not, it's and of course, Ramos not not a real character, <laughs> right. but not a real person, right, but right, like right. you know, it's a character that's existed for quite that some time. That makes me feel better. You know how they do that in movies often. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That makes me feel better. Um, I like Taron Ed- Edgerton. I like him too. He's fine. I want to see cute. movie though. I saw Eddie the Eagle. Like, did you really? Oh, you were the only one. It was you a and lot Hugh of fun. Jackman's wife. <laughs> Just supporting. That's great. Um, but yeah, I don't need uh, the only. Robin Hood ish thing I need to see is this arrow. I'm cool with that. Oh boy. Uh new season is back by the way. Ugh. Um I have I think I saw maybe part of one trailer for Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. But I think it looked bad. I don't know if I finished it. I don't think you should. <laughs> the Russell Crowe one didn't do well. Why are they trying again? No one cared. <laughs> and that's the thing because it's a public domain character they're oh. going to keep making movies on it like if they can but the story is never any different so you're just I think uh-huh. the, from the trailer of this one the story yeah. is he's both the sheriff of Nottingham and Robin Hood what? yeah so he's a guy protecting the money as well as a guy stealing the money as well so it's an uh-huh. inside job so uh-huh. No one really knows who Robin Hood is. But then it's not Robin Hood anymore. That's just a weird take. Oh. Boo. (laughs) I'll still watch it. (laughs) I'll still watch it because I want to see Jamie Foxx. But he uh, hasn't really been in much. I mean, he was in Baby Driver. He hasn't been in as much lately, I feel like. I certainly feel he's at a place where he chooses the projects. He doesn't have to be in things all the time. That's true. Um, If he likes it, he'll do it. Um... I am looking forward to a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I know. It's I'll see not, it. Yeah, I know. I'm probably going to make you go with me. <laughs> um, I'm just going to be like, Jason, did you see the dinosaurs? You're like, yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> Fucking. That's, what, that's what we're here for. <laughs> I know, but they were so great. <laughs> I just like seeing dinosaurs, so I'm excited. I like Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. And Bryce L. Howard seems very nice. Um, I'm genuinely, I might be the only person who's really looking forward to that. Um, Ocean's 8 is coming out Ocean's soon. Ocean's 8 is coming out, sure. Which looks fun. I'm really excited for that, too. Um, I like the idea of seeing Sandra Bullock not in, like, a romantic comedy. Like, she's, like, a boss lady in this. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in seeing uh, Anne Hathaway as a villain. Yeah. I'm cool for that. Um seeing rihanna in a movie that's not battleship or uh valerian valerian and the city of a thousand planets <laughs> um she was in that yeah we talked about this she's like the best know. part of that movie oh, and they really? kill her Ugh. sorry spoilers for valerian that you're not going to watch and that you shouldn't really <laughs> um Incredibles Two is also coming out. I'm yeah. I feel like inundated with like trailers and that. Like guys, chill up. I play it a lot. Yeah, like I'm going to see it. Don't worry. No matter what type of movie I'm going to see, like no matter what genre, I feel like they always play the Incredibles. Can't wait to sit down for this erotic thriller. Oh, okay, Incredibles Two trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and lastly, the at the very end of June, the Sicario Two. Is coming out again. It's not called Sicario Two. It's called Sicario Day of the. So- nope, I can't read my own writing. 
uh, Day of the Soldado, which I had to look up, means soldier. I feel they just added that title like a month ago. They did. Because well, <laughs> like, until recently, it was definitely Sicario 2. Sicario 2. And then someone said, or they heard this, and was like, no, we can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, which they haven't really been advertising very much, so... Okay. I True. I've only seen... It's, this feels like the kind of thing they would throw like straight to video in like 2008 it or something like, like that. Yeah, they should just put it on HBO. Where they would like you would have like, none of the main actors back again, but it's everyone I think except for Emily Blunt, uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Like I got, I'm very. Curious. Which are the best? They were <laughs> the best, best parts. parts. Of well, not not that Although, they were the best parts, but they were the most relatable to me. Yeah, they're your entrance into that world, and yeah, they're the most relatable. But I mean, Josh Brolin is everyone else is back. Josh Brolin. Yeah, this is the summer of Brolin. The guy from, um, oh shit, that shit. Burn Notice. <laughs> <laughs> so Burn He's Notice back. is in it. And he is burning all those notices. <laughs> But this time in Mexico. Um, and uh, Benicio Del Toro's back. Um, so, yeah, I'll be interested. I, I don't think I can see that in theaters either. I would actually like to see it in theaters. Because I, I was so blown away. I would away. want to, but I can't bone-cracking-wise right, just right. violence-wise. I don't know if I could do it. I love in the trailer, though, the way Benicio Del Toro shoots a gun. Shoots that gun is bonkers. It's... You, you hate shot that man. Like, yeah. holy crap. Like, it's really cool. But oh, so violent. And you had to practice this way of shooting also. <laughs> this doesn't come naturally. Yeah, it feels like oh, it's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Like he's putting his finger, he's holding the gun with his like left hand, putting his finger through the trigger with his, his right mm. and like just jamming it back and forth yeah. to like shoot. It's the worst way to shoot it. <laughs> but it's it doesn't like, make any sense. It's hate shooting somebody. It's like this is inaccurate. It's going to hit everyone. It's going to hurt you and me. And it's just, it's more of like a physical motion, so it might be just more of like a catharsis for him. It's like stabbing someone with a gun. Yeah. And then shooting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also keep, I don't know when it's coming out, the second, or no, not the second, God, it's like the 18th, um, Mission Impossible movie, the most recent one. Fallout? Uh, yes. Mid-July, from what I understand. I'm really excited. That's also a trailer I see before everything. Everything. Like, wow, it's I can't wait to see this. Incredibles 2. I can't wait to see this children's rabbit movie. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> All right, Tom Cruise, you jump over that, that thing. <laughs> you run down that street, man. You do it. Um, I just, I'm excited for Henry Cavill, who I've had reservations about, but he's a good actor. That mustache better be worth it. Is how I feel. <laughs> For everyone involved. <laughs> you held up two movies on this thing, man. This shit better be lustrous, beautiful. It better twirl at the end. Like, I want that mustache to do a lot, man. Twirl at the end like he's tying a girl to the train track. Yes! Like a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> that thing better be waxed, trimmed, and primed, all right? God damn it. Wait, what do you mean he held up two movies? Oh, like, um, because of the Justice League thing. Um... In the movie Justice League, uh, there are additional scenes that had to be shot for the film. Oh. However, they had to do weird CG things with his mouth. Oh, that's because right. Because he would not cut the mustache because he was contractually obligated to have it I mean, that's for fair. Mission Impossible. Yeah. But then Mission Impossible was shooting for like literally two years because Tom Cruise broke his dumb shin yeah. um, doing that jump across the roof. Yeah. And they show it in the trailer, not the one where he broke his shin, but like... Ankle, I think. Or ankle or whatever, yeah. but they do show the jump. I strive for accuracy on the podcast, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... 
But yeah, so all I'm saying is that this mustache better be dope. I mean, the fight scene that they continually show in every preview um, where he goes, doo, doo, and he like, this Looks is super not cool. the right way to describe it on a fucking podcast, but like, yeah, he and like, they put the music to it kind of, mm-hmm. and he like, dirt, dirt his arms, and then he just goes into it, mm-hmm. and bless his heart, Tom Cruise tries to make himself look like he's the same height as Henry Cavill, even <laughs> though Henry Cavill's probably like 6'1", and Tom Cruise could fit in my pocket. It's fine. <laughs> Um, the lifts he must be wearing would be like Gene Simmons style, like giant heels. Like Spice it Girl platform <laughs> yeah. shoes. It doesn't make, they have like little British flags on them. <laughs> um, these are Victoria's. <laughs> Thanks for letting me borrow them, David. Um, but yeah, I'm, I am looking forward to that. I like that they brought back, is it Rebecca Think- Ferguson? What's her name? Oh, yes. Um, from the previous Mission Impossible film. Yes. yes. She was she great. She was very good in that movie. And I, I like... loved her in that movie. They keep ditching the females in they those films. They always do. And this time they actually brought her back. And I think she, it might not be as big a role, but she's definitely in it. Like, I wanted Paula Patton to be in the one after that. She wasn't. Um, I wanted Jeremy Renner to be in the one after that. He wasn't. You know, like, He's but I'm the only person that wants Jeremy Renner to be in anything. <laughs> so. I, he was... He was good in that movie. He was great in that movie. That movie's so and much fun. Funny and yeah. Um, it's very different from the rest of the Mission Impossible movies because everything goes wrong. Right. But um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to Mission Impossible Fallout. But they also bring back um. Uh, the cute brunette who plays his like girlfriend, wife, fiance. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> um, yeah. I thought she was Michelle in... Monaghan. Okay. Here yeah, we yeah, go. Yeah. Yep. Um, I was surprised that they, at least in like one scene in the trailer, they show her. Mm-hmm. So they're like really getting people back in the mix. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe your boy Jeremy Renner will show up. It'd be nice. You know? Just shooting arrows from the opposite building. That's where you were, Hawkeye. Okay. <laughs> All right. That makes Helping sense. Helping Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With impossible missions. <laughs> That'd be the best explanation. You just see him in the background shooting shit. <laughs> then he runs out of arrows and like slumps over. It's like, no. He's got a lot of arrows in there. He's got, he's got like 30 he's got a, tops. Which, and a gun has like 16 bullets. It's not that much more. Yeah, but you can have extra um, bullet packs. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> what are they called? And he has extra covers in the car, all right? <laughs> in the car. <laughs> Honey, where are the keys in the minivan? I got to get the rest of my arrows. Oh. <laughs> Um, just digging around Cheerios on the floor trying to find a <laughs> stupid fucking quiver. Ugh, ridiculous. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are all the things I'm looking forward to. Okay. I did not think of something to have you watch. Um, what is it? I don't have anything uh, off the top of my head right now. Well, I'll do the Jerry B treatment. The GBT. Okay, you'll do the Jerry B treatment for next week. Um, and I don't know. what do you, Whatever you want to give me, let me know. Uh, and I'll put it out there. Okay. I'll try to think of something. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us again for uh, our 10th episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for staying with us. Thanks for listening with us. Uh, please uh, rate, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, Preferably with like a, the five stars. Yes. <laughs> Don't just go rogue and give me a one. <laughs> you know, just be cool. Say what you like. 
uh, keep what you don't to yourself, I guess. Maybe that'd be cool. But So you, know. you can even type, I hate this, but give it a five-star five star rating. It's <laughs> cool. Um, I'll take anything. <laughs> but thanks. If you have any questions, just direct them to onrpodcast.com. Uh, and we'll see y'all next time. Bye. Bye.